0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to talk about the topic of prayer, and um, how many of you know that we all need probably more prayer in our lives, Okay and that this is something that was important to Jesus, and so if it was important to Jesus, um, then it needs to be something that's important to us in our life, and so we're gonna see what he has to say about it. Matthew chapter six, verse five says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray in public and on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do, for their prayers are, are, their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Verse 10, may your kingdom come soon. How many of you are excited for the kingdom of God that is coming soon? Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? Listen, we look forward. I'm sorry, I didn't. How many of you genuinely look forward to seeing Jesus someday? You're just, man, what a day that's gonna be. May your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Verse 14, and when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, I can sense you so strongly in the room, and I ask that you would just lead us to your heart, lead us to victory, lead us where you have in store for us today. We just surrender to follow you, follow your word. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Can you get real loud for the worship team this morning? They were wonderful. Um, I wanna read from a couple articles um, that I found on the topic of prayer. Um, These are not uh, Christian-based articles. They are not from the Word of God. Uh, They are really secular, but I thought had really interesting perspectives. Uh, CNN Health uh, posted an article on the effects of prayer on depression and anxiety, Um, found that members who pray had lower rates of depression, anxiety, and were more optimistic after they prayed. This is CNN's uh, research, okay? Um, Another research paper wrote, there's a strong association between prayer, health, happiness, and mental health. Strong association between these things. Uh, The University of Ohio State said, prayer can help people see situations in new lights, Um, in different perspectives. NPR News said uh, scientists are making the attempts to understand the spiritual experience, what happens in our brains, in our bodies, when people who believe and connect with God and pray. uh, This field has already shown real results. Um, Their research said this, the more you focus on something, this is their opinion, the more you focus on math, auto racing, football or god. What a span right there. Math, auto racing, football or god. They said if the more you focus on any of these things or things in life, the more it becomes your reality. Isn't that interesting? The more it becomes your reality, it becomes written. I I thought this was so interesting. The scientist said it becomes written on your conscience of your brain. This is what your brain will now fixate on. And he ended with the article saying, I believe that we are wired for the supernatural and for prayer. These are not biblically-based people at all. But how many of you know that even science will prove that prayer is effective and that we need prayer and that God has a plan for us in prayer? So point number one today is this. Jesus gives you access Jesus gives you access to do what? To have a prayer life and to talk to God the Father. Jesus said, when you pray, come to the Father. Okay, we don't pray, you know, we pray in the name of Jesus, but we don't come in the name of Jesus. We come to the Father. Just as Jesus talked to the Father, he prayed to the Father, he wants us to talk to the Father. And so Jesus gives us access in a couple different ways. Number one is this, Romans chapter five, verse one through two, it says, therefore, since you've been made right by God, by God's sight, by faith, do you know that you are made righteousness not by the good things you do? And listen, I love that you do good works and I want you to do good works and I want you to help people and I want you to love people and I want you to do good things. But how many of you know that you're not made right by those good things? You're actually made right by your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that makes us right. It says this, we have peace with God because of what Jesus the Lord has done. What has the Lord Jesus done for us? He has died, taken all of your sin, taken all of your guilt, taken all of your shame, nailed it to a cross, and said what? It is finished. So we have faith in Jesus, and that makes us right. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege. What is the undeserved privilege? We get to go God to Father anytime we want. We get to talk to him at any place, and any player, anywhere. It says, where we now stand confidently, joyfully, looking forward to sharing God's glory. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who had never sinned, to be an offering for sin so that we could be made right through God, through Christ Jesus. So you are made right. And because you are made right, that grants you access to talk to God the Father at any moment, any time. Okay, the second thing that Jesus did for us is this, Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Then Jesus shouted again and released his spirit. Verse 51, at that moment, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn into from top to bottom, okay? And this is important because Hebrews 9 tell us that there was a curtain in the temple that separated man from the holies of holies, separated man from the presence of God. And so when Jesus gave his life on the cross, it happened that when he released his spirit, what happened? The veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, doing what? Granting us access to his presence, granting us access to come to him at any place in any time, granting us the ability to be with Jesus just like Jesus was with his Father. Can I get an amen from anybody? So this is, this is real great truth and this is really great knowledge for us to understand that Jesus gives us access to talk to God the Father. Point number two is this, when you pray, when you pray. Jesus' words were when you pray, not if you pray, not if you're a believer and you feel like praying, but he said when you pray, meaning that this becomes a habit of our life. And here's what I know about prayer for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are scared and overwhelmed about prayer because you feel like I don't know how to pray, right, because we hear people um, like Will, when right when Will come, when Will comes, can I just say that Will's voice is the true voice of God? I think it's just like <laughs> it's just rich and it's full. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I I get intimidated to come on stage after Will's been on stage. I'm like, man, he is he is wonderful. I just want to listen to Will, and so so we hear Will, you know, pray and. Uh, Will has a vocabulary that is out of this world. He is well-spoken. And so we hear Will pray, and then we think to ourselves, oh, well, I can't pray like that. I don't, I don't have that voice. I don't have that vocabulary. I, I don't know how to talk to God that way. Can I tell you what prayer is? It's just you using your God-given voice to share what's on your heart and what's in your thoughts and give it to the Lord. That's it. You just got to talk to him. He, like, can I encourage you that he loves your voice, that he created your voice. He loves you and he loves talking to you. So Jesus said this when you pray, because this was a part of Jesus' life. Uh, Mark chapter six, verse forty-six. It says this, and after he said goodbye to them, he went to the mountains to pray. Why? Why did Jesus leave them? to go pray, because Jesus had just poured out. So Jesus is showing us, as we pour out in this life, we're gonna have to come back to the Father so that he can pour back into our lives, right? We, we pour out at work, we pour out with our family, we pour out with our children, with our spouses. There's so many different areas of our world that we're constantly pouring out, but we're not getting filled back up. And so Jesus knew that he had to go away because Jesus understood something. He understood that peace, rest, and strength, real peace, rest, and strength came from the Lord. Now, here's the deal. I know that you can find peace and rest and strength in the things of this world. There's different ways and there's different opportunities that you can find peace and rest and strength, but how many of those, how many know that those things don't really truly satisfy your soul? They're only a moment, and the moment comes and the moment goes. But your soul isn't truly satisfied, right? So Jesus said, when you pray, that this becomes just a part of your life, it becomes a part of your daily interactions that you are just having these conversations with God. So when you pray, the Lord is gonna come and he's gonna fill you with peace and rest and strength. Point number three today is this, your place. Matthew chapter six, verse six, it says, when you, whenever you pray, go into the innermost sanctum chamber to be alone with the Father God. How many of you know that you need a place to go to pray? And um, I, I wanna encourage you with this, though. You can talk to God at any place and any time. You really can. There's, there's not a moment in your day that you can't talk to the Lord, cry out to the Lord. I, I, I don't care if you're at your desk at work and you're talking to the Lord and people think you're talking to yourself and they think you're crazy. Okay, it's all good, right? You you can talk to God anytime, all right? And I I know the Holy Spirit is so gracious that he'll respond to you and give you what you need for the moment, but there is something uniquely different about those moments versus moments that you have a place that you go to to talk to God. And, And some of you might be thinking, well, what does that place look like? Let me help you with that. Um, number one, I would say this somewhere quiet, right? How many of you know that our lives are really noisy? There's just noise all the time. Can I get an amen from all the parents in the house? Okay. Your, your, yours is on another level, right? Um, but, you know, work is noisy, every store you go to has music. Every place you visit has music. Um, most of the time you get into your car, you have music or some kind of podcast on. I, I see people all the time uh, you know, going through life and how many of you see people with you know, headphones in and they're, they're listening to the new murder mystery and you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're taking in what? Noise. It's just noise on noise on noise. You need somewhere that's quiet, because in the quiet is where you're gonna find God. So you need a place that's quiet. You need a place that is um, a little secluded. You know, seclusion is good to get away from things. It's also good to get rid of tech, you know? Sometimes uh, people will tell me, well, I have my phone with me because I'm listening you know, to music or whatever. Then, then put it on do not disturb because how many of you know that the moment you decide to pray and talk to God is the moment you're gonna get 14 phone calls that, that came out of the blue. It's the moment your phone just starts to explode with texts and, and notifications. And so you gotta get away from some of these things. And for some people, I know for some men, um, I've talked to a lot of guys, they'll be like, well, the barn, right, the barn or the shed or the woods, you know, that's my place that I go to. And some women I've heard, they'll say, you know, I have a closet, you know, it's literally a closet, but I made it my little prayer closet. For others, it could be driving in the car. Some people could be the basement. But here's what I truly know about when you have a place. When you have a place you can go, you will give God time and you will give God access to your life, right? And there is something different about just, you know, the little prayers that we pray through our day and our week when we give God time. And, and let me encourage you that you may say, well, I only have 15 or 20 minutes. God will take that 15 or 20 minutes and do a lot with it. He, he'll, he will do more than you could ever dream or imagine. He's just looking for hearts that go, God, I'm here it's quiet, I wanna hear from you. Here's my place, just like you would go away to the mountains, just like you would get to secluded places, I wanna be somewhere like that so I can hear from the Father, okay? Uh, point number four today is this, the provider. The provider. How many of you know that God the Father is the provider of all things? And God the provider will provide for things like your physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being, that God cares about all these different areas of your life. And what's interesting about life is this, and and I know I'm not saying that this is not other people and not me, I've done it myself so many times, but I hear this statement all the time, I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for the one person that agrees in here. I'm pretty sure all of us have probably said that at one place or time during the last seven days. Can I get a real amen from everybody, right? We go, go I'm so tired. I'm worn out, you know? Let let me say this uh, to you. I get it. We all work a lot of hours. Uh, We're chasing kids um, we're doing projects. We're running all over the place. We have family functions. And, you know, it just makes me tired talking about being tired of all the things that we get tired about, right? But can I tell you today, it is so critical to understand why you're tired. It's really critical. Because if God, the provider, wants to provide for your physical, your spiritual, and emotional needs, then we got to figure out why we're tired. So things like physical. You know, before um, I started my social media fast that I'm still on and it's beautiful and I love it right now, to be honest, I was asking the Lord, Lord, why am I so tired? And I thought that the Lord would respond with something super spiritual, that the Lord would give me some spiritual idea of why I was so tired. And the reality is this, God didn't speak to that. He actually said this, he said, You, at night, before bed, scrolling, you think it's helping you wind down, but it's actually hurting you. And this is what the Lord told me. He said this. He said, the blue light, before you go to bed, it's not good for you. It's not helping you. It's not helping you wind down. It's not helping you. To to go to sleep. He told me, you know, when you get on social and and you're scrolling or you're reading a book or you got a TV show on in your bedroom, it could be a lot of different things, you know. The Lord said to me, He goes, you're actually getting your mind to race instead of slow down. And as you're watching TV and reading the book and, and scrolling and, and all the different things, you know, how many of you know that you can push past, the Lord said, you're pushing past your natural melatonin that I gave your body. Sometimes the Lord's going to speak to you, and it's going to be just about real physical things in your life, because he knew what was happening in my life. What I was doing was I, I'm, I'm watching you know, basketball late or I'm watching you know, some highlights or whatever, I'm scrolling. And how many of you have been in that moment where you're doing something in bed, but you're yawning over and over and over again and your body is telling you, go to bed, <laughs> go to sleep. But you're pushing past that and then eventually you push past it long enough, and then what happens? You're wide awake, right? And now it's like two and a half hours later until your body is like finally like, I give up, you know what I mean, and now I'm going to bed. And you're wondering, why am I so tired? And the Lord's going, you're tired just because you gotta go to bed. Just go to bed earlier, get some sleep, get some rest. It's really good. I actually designed your body to heal itself as you rest, as you sleep. But how many of you know the enemy has brought so many things in our lives to just keep us wired and to keep our bodies just on an intense feeling all the time? How about, how about spiritual? Maybe you feel like I'm tired, but you don't really understand that you're just spiritually tired. You know, that, that you're tired because your spirit is tired because you're trying to live off of old manna. You're trying to live off old food that the Lord gave you. You're trying to live off an old word that God gave you and God has something new for you, your spirit's tired. Psalms chapter 42, verse one, it says this. As the deer pants longing for the water, so my soul pants longing for you, O God. Um, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I sang that worship song for years and years and years, not understanding what it meant at all. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you remember that old song? As the deer pants for and the water, so my soul longest after thee. And there's a reason why I'm not on the worship team, right? Okay. Anybody remember that song? Okay. I remember when that song, we would play that song in church and I'll be honest with you, it was it was a sweet song and it had presence on it and it had grace on it and the presence of God would come into the room and I, would, I totally knew that God was in the room when we sang that song but I can tell you this, I had no idea what I was singing about. I was just like, oh, God's here and the song's pretty and I'll just sing the words. Well, I found out what the meaning of that was. Do you know that the only reason a deer pants for water is because it's being chased by an enemy? So the song says, as the psalmist says, as my as a deer pants for water, right? Why is the deer panting for water? Because the enemy is chasing the deer and the deer has ran for a very long time at a very high rate to get away from the enemy and now that deer needs water. It's searching for fresh water. How many of you know that you have an enemy that is chasing you, an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And sometimes we've been running from that enemy for a long time, and our soul, spiritually, we are tired. And we're like, why am I tired? Well, you're, you're running. The enemy's chasing you. The enemy is fighting you. The enemy is bringing heaviness on you. And you've been running for a long time and you feel tired, but you don't know why you're tired. Well, your spirit's tired. This is why verse 2 tells us my soul, my life, my inner strength thirsts for God, the living God. There's a strength that can only come from God. There's a strength that God designed you to receive from him as you pant, you're coming to him looking for fresh living water in Jesus. Can I get an amen from anybody? Maybe you're emotionally tired. Prayer can fix that. Genesis chapter five, verse 22 through 23, it says, but when the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Listen, the word tells us as we spend time in the presence of God, as we spend time with Jesus, as we spend time with him, he'll do what? He'll refresh our emotions. He'll give you the grace you need. He'll give you the love you need. He'll give you the patience you need. He'll give you the joy that you need as you spend time in prayer talking to your heavenly father. Point number five is this. Let go, let go. Matthew chapter six, verse 14, it says this. And when you pray, again, Jesus stressing this to us, that as believers in Christ Jesus, prayer becomes something that is a daily habit in your life. That this is something that is a part of your DNA, spiritually, that's part of your relationship with God, that that you actually want to talk to God, that you look forward to talking to God, that you look forward to hearing your Father. You look forward. Jesus said, when you pray, this is a part of your life. He said, make sure that you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Verse 15, but if you withhold... Forgiveness from others, your father will withhold forgiveness from you. Um, anybody in here a chosen fan? You're you got the show, okay? I, I know that some people are like, "Yay, chosen," others are no, and you know, there's all kinds of debates. And um, but I, I like it, and I take what the parts I like, and then there's some stuff I'm like, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but that's okay. Like We're all good, I, I just like the show. And in the show, it's really interesting because in the show, Peter has a bone to pick with Matthew all the time. We see this in their interactions, we see this in their daily uh, going back and forth, and, and Peter is hard on him. Peter is short with him, Peter is judgmental, Peter's critical with Matthew all the time. Peter has a bone to pick with him and the reason he has a bone to pick with him is because Matthew has actually betrayed his own people. Matthew is a tax collector. Matthew chose to, to dishonor his people And and Peter is upset with this. Peter feels wronged. Peter feels like, how could you have done that to my people? How could you have done that to us? How could you have treated us this way? He feels wrong, and now he has a bone to pick with him. Maybe today you feel that way about somebody that you know. You feel like, I've been wronged. I feel like, you know, somebody has done something to me that I feel really hurtful in my heart about. And, and I feel like inside of me I got a bone to pick with them. Verse 14, let's read this again. Jesus said, and when you pray, so he's gonna he's gonna line some things up together. He's gonna say, When you pray, right, make sure you forgive the faults. Of others, so now Jesus is connecting these two things together. Jesus is going when you pray, when you make this this habit of yours, when you make this this daily thing in your life, when you pray, He now then connects forgiveness to it. Jesus goes, hey, you're going to need this on the daily. He says, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven can forgive you. I don't know about you, but I sure, for me, want to be forgiven. Can I get an amen? Right? Right? There's none of us in this room that doesn't need grace. There's none of us in this room or online or anybody that's listening to this message that doesn't need mercy. There's none of us that don't need the grace of God. But how many of you know that Jesus connected these two things together? So he says, when you pray, when you pray, when this becomes a daily part of your life, I want you to use that time as a moment that you now forgive people, that you let go of things, you let go of offense. Verse 15, but if you withhold forgiveness, how many of you know that feeling of withholding? Right, it's it's called bitterness. It's called anger. And you withhold it. This happens all the time. I'll pray with people, and, and I, I don't mean this in a weird way at all, but I know when I pray, when the, when the presence and the spirit and the anointing of God is working. I, I've, just, I've done this long enough, I've prayed with enough people, I absolutely know when it's working and when it's not working. And there are times that I'll be praying with somebody and I'll know I, I, there's just nothing happening there. Right, or, or somebody will have a conversation with me and go, I just, I don't sense God's grace in this season of my life. I don't sense his presence. I don't sense his working in my life in this season. And the first thing I always, always ask in any of these moments is, do you need to forgive somebody? And, and I'm telling you, 10 out of 10 times, They'll go, yeah, but I, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that family member, what they said at that event, that family event, I, I, I just can't get past it. Right? I, I can't get past what happened at work. I can't get past this feeling. And, and, and what they're saying is this. When they say, I can't get past, they're saying, I'm withholding. I'm holding back. But the problem with withholding is this. It says your father will withhold forgiveness to you. Jesus is directly connecting prayer, forgiveness, grace, all of it together. This is why Jesus said, you gotta forgive not seven times, but 70 times, seven. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22, it says, Peter came to him and asked Lord, how many times do I forgive my brother who has sinned against me, and I forgive him, and I let it go, does he, and then Peter goes, is it seven times? (laughs) Is it seven times? See, as humans, we want a threshold, Right? We want to know, like, all right, God, if, um, if I forgive this person seven times, then if they do it again, I don't have to forgive them anymore. Like, I'm off the hook, right? I, like, I'm good. Not, not that we really, truly forgive people seven times, right? I mean, think about how hard it is to forgive somebody one time, right? But Peter goes, is it seven times? And Jesus responds to him, he says, no, it's not seven times, but it's 70 times seven. Why? Because Jesus in Matthew 6 had already connected the grace and the blessing and the favor on your life to your prayer life and forgiveness. He's already connected all these things. And now he says, listen, you're going to have to learn how to forgive in two ways. okay. First way is this, you're gonna have to learn how to forgive the act that was done towards you, right? Th- think about that moment that somebody said something just inappropriate to you. Think about that moment that somebody just acted out of their flesh and their, emo- and their emotions and treated you harshly. Think about that moment that somebody overlooked you. Think about these moments, right? And he goes, "You're going to have to learn to forgive the act." And how many you know that that's one thing? That's one thing to look at somebody and go, um, "I forgive you." You know, like if I look at Clay and go, um, "Clay, you made you know more three pointers than I did the other day, and you were awesome, and I just felt, or oh, right, I forgive you, Clay." You know, <laughs> right? It's one thing to forgive Clay. Tell him that I forgive him. But how many of you know? It's an entirely different thing to forgive them in your heart that's why Jesus says no not seven times but 70 times seven why because he knows that as you go through your days and as you go through your weeks and as you go through your months and as you go through the years that offense is going to come back up in your heart it's going to come back to your thoughts It's gonna hit your emotions again. And you're going to have to do what? Forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive, forgive, until you've forgiven so many times that you've lost count of how many times you've forgiven. And God goes, it's all good because my Father forgives you, and grace abounds to you, and my strength abounds to you, my life abounds to you and then you end up becoming what? Free. What a a wonderful place, Jesus. (sighs) What a wonderful place it is that you can be free in your heart, free from offense, free from judgment, free from being critical. You can actually look at people who have done you wrong, And go, I want the best for them. I actually pray for them. I'm actually believing for them. I'm actually here to help them. That is such a beautiful, wonderful place to be. And that's what Jesus has for us. When we learn to pray, Jesus said, when you pray, when you pray, come, come to me daily. Come to me with your heart. Come to me with your thoughts. Come with me. Come, journey with me. Come, and when you come, I'm gonna give you the grace you need for your mind, your emotions, your well-being, your mental health, your anxieties, your fears, your worries. I'll take care of all that, and then guess what? You'll learn to forgive, and my grace will abound, and you'll live in a great peace and a great joy. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning. There's a lot of grace in the room, and I want you just to close your eyes. If you want to raise your hands, you can. If you want to just hold them out, I, I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit Lord, is there anyone for me today, this morning, that I need to forgive? I need to let go. Come on, just ask the Lord. Now I want you just to start talking to the Lord and tell him that I forgive that family member, I forgive that, that spouse, I forgive that friend, I forgive. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that grace would abound right now. As your people are praying, as your people are choosing forgiveness, as your people are releasing grace and releasing forgiveness, Lord, I ask God that you would release grace, that you would release joy, that you would release your love, and that you would complete and satisfy their soul. Lord, we thank you that the people of God live in freedom. Freedom from offense, freedom from judgment, freedom from critical thoughts. We actually release those right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, say that. I release that person. I release that family member. I release them. We let go. We grab onto you and your love, Jesus, to make us whole. We thank you, God, that as your people pray, Lord, I ask as they pray this week, that they would hear the voice of you, Jesus, the great shepherd. They would hear God the Father. We thank you that you're not a God of confusion. We thank you that you're not a God that leads us astray, but you're a God that leads us to green pastures, quiet streams. And I thank you, God, that your people hear your voice, God, for their life and for their future. God, we bless you. We bless your word. We thank you for your great presence in here today. We worship you. We honor you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Come on, come on, come on. Get loud for Jesus.